On this week's episode, Chris shares the new feel of Rat Queens, we relive the nightmares of the Ultimate Alliance arcade level, and then we do a deep dive into the secret short box of James Patterson. It's all happening now on Cover B. Hey everybody, welcome back to Cover B! What up y'all? It is Friday for you, and I am Jelly. Wednesday for us. It is Wednesday. It is hump day. Hump day. And, and you know, through time travel business, technically it's Friday for us, but it's not. It's Friday for our voices. Our voices are enjoying a Friday right now. There's not enough language. Our voices are going on like, they're leaving work early and they're like going to the park. Uh, you know what I mean? Our voices are having a great day. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, it's Wednesday, and it kind of sucks for us. It does suck. Thursdays are the worst. Thursdays are terrible. <laughs> I hate Thursdays. Shout I, out if everybody hates I Thursdays. I literally hate Thursdays. I dread Thursdays. They're the worst every day. Single, every single week. They're awful. Anyway, we got a lot to talk about this week. Yes, so. we do. Um, I want to start out by giving some praise that was pretty surprising for me. So, Rat Queens has an issue out. This week, it's called Rat Queens Swamp Rump. Um, now, if you don't know the history of Rat Queens, I've been keeping up with this series since the beginning, and it's been good. It's had its highs and lows, uh, but there's been a lot of drama around the people involved with it creatively. I have heard some um, controversy. Yeah, so the original artist was Rock Upchurch, and he got sent to prison for domestic violence. Oh, no. So they had some fill-ins, uh, step, step, Stipchen Sedgwick, or however you say his first name. <laughs> Captain Captain Sedgwick uh, jumped in for a bit, and then after doing a Braga-centered uh, special edition, or special issue, uh, artist Tess Fowler got into the mix. Okay. Um, recently, I think like last year, maybe the year before, they restarted the series at issue number one. Oh. Um, because Fowler was on the way out because her and, uh, writer, creator, Curtis Weeby couldn't really get along. Oh. It might be like Curtis Weeb. <laughs> but Weeby's so much we, better. Weebby. Weebby. I like when the names tough thing, are more interpreted. The tough thing about <laughs> just putting this out there as like a disclaimer for future episodes, if we mess up names it's because 90 percent of the news and stuff like i don't know about you but i don't i don't watch a lot of like youtube so it's it's not like i'm not getting a lot of my news from like youtube channels that no. talk comic news i don't watch a lot of uh you know a lot of uh uh interviews and stuff online neither with do these, i with these artists and creators and I do listen to a handful of podcasts, and so that gives me some names, but not everybody. Um, so if I ever mess up a name, it's because I can only read it. No one's here telling me how to pronounce it. Anyway. Um, everybody mispronounces my last name, so I feel no shame in yeah. mispronouncing everybody else's. So anyway, they started back at number one with artist Owen Gianni. And it's gone on for, I think, like 15 issues now. Nice. And it's kind of just been okay. I haven't really been digging it, and it's honestly gone down to the writing. Oh. Like, it's really felt like Curtis Weeby just doesn't want to do it anymore. Oh. And so it's been kind of bumming me out, and I've been, like, they've been tying off some knots from the previous series and, like, trying to, like, round out some things and, like, figure out where the characters are. But it's all just felt very, like, rushed and kind of not a lot of thought or passion put into it. Right. I may be way off base, but it just honestly hasn't felt as it did in the first run. Um, that always sucks. Well, they announced at the end of issue 15 in the letters section that they were passing the torch. So it was going to go to Ryan Ferrier to do the writing. And uh, let's see. Da -da -da. Who's doing the art here? Uh, Priscilla Protratus is doing the art. Ooh. 
And admittedly, I was a little, I don't know, apprehensive, I guess. I don't know if I've read much from Ryan Ferry or, like, nothing stands out in my mind as, uh, you know, anything that really, like, blew me away. Right. Um, And I didn't recognize the artist. And they had, like, a preview page for the issue 16 that they were going to be doing. And I honestly wasn't wowed by the art. I was actually kind of worried about it. Mm. Um, It looked a little kind of ugly like i know farrier has a lot of like he's got a lot of fans he did dave d4ve which was pretty critically acclaimed but i don't know i was kind of nervous yeah so well, this... and it's always fair to be like apprehensive when yeah, a new yeah. creative team takes over an ip you care about but i am so excited right now yay <laughs> because this issue was great um, it possibly my favorite issue of Rat Queens ever. Oh my god! I'm literally just like sitting there laughing like a freaking moron to myself. <laughs> and it, uh, no, it was good. Farrier really does a good job getting all the different girls' voices down That's without cool. like they're simultaneously fresh and recognizable. So, like, they feel like the character, but it's kind of like a fresh, like, Take tone to them. Yeah, and uh, it just it felt lighthearted and fun and good and rat queens has always been i think weeby actually called them this but they've always been like a love letter to D D, and there was that element to it like nice. that like ragtag group of murder hobos um <laughs> and it, yeah it was good it was very good so i'm very excited to see where they're going i imagine Issue 16 is going to be a good jumping on point. I think they've said that they're going to like try to make it open to people like who want to join now that there's a new creative team. Um, if you're interested in getting into Rat Queens, definitely pick up this issue because it's called Rat Queens Special Swamp Romp. Huh. And it's all about them murdering unicorns, essentially. Which, there you go. There's a little... And like unicorn chlamydia or something like that oh my god so i read the very first trade way back in the mm-hmm. day and it was awesome but i haven't really been keeping up with it so maybe maybe now is the time to jump back on yeah speaking of good jumping on points and i'm just gonna kind of like most of my comics are gonna be pretty quick to talk about because i got a lot detective comics 1001 came out i mentioned with the de- detective comics 1000 issue that they're introducing the arkham knight and he seems like kind of a fresh concept that concept continues the issue is a little bit like he's got a team of knights now Uh. and that's a little like eh, like i i i don't know i just prefer batman baddies that are like i'm good enough to take you on by myself but the knights thoroughly beat the crap out of batman so oh 1001 might be a good jumping on point if anyone's looking to get into detective comics the arkham knight seems like he's going to be a cool villain um there might be some surprises and twists and turns so definitely something worth checking out nice i wanted to briefly talk about speaking of jumping on points so infinite dark is a comic it's a top cow series that in my opinion, is one of the best recent science fiction IPs, period. Mm-hmm. Do, I don't care what medium. Nice. Uh, it is so nicely fresh and dynamic and interesting and weird. And it pushes that line between science and... Progress. <laughs> Um, science and like magic, but not magic Mm -hmm. where, where something is so fantastical, but it's still science. And I think that's really fun in sci-fi. And I feel like we don't get that a lot anymore because everything tries to normalize sci-fi Yeah, yeah. because so much in our our daily world, I mean, we can literally 3d print stuff now. Mm -hmm. So like sci-fi kind of is now and that kind of makes sci-fi writing hard because it ends up becoming more fantasy but this is very hard sci-fi and it just hit issue number five and it's a brand new start of a run um so it's one of those nice jumping on points that frankly you could read one through four because that's not that many comics Mm -hmm. but it's also 
kind of a whole new uh, premise and issue and, and trauma. And basically, the, the a quick summary is that it's the end of essentially reality, and the last bits of humanity are living on a space station, fighting entropy. Okay. And it's it's super hard sci-fi, mm-hmm. but it's really interesting and you really care about the characters they do a really good job of creating depth so i just wanted to give a shout out because i don't feel like there's enough hard sci-fi in comics yeah and this one does a really good there's job. a lot of like fudge sci-fi like very you know like oh god i'm so sorry i'm so <laughs> i'm so tired it's um, wednesday for us <laughs> i'm exhausted today and i have no idea why i i'm like practically falling asleep on this microphone um, but yeah, it, it, uh, there's so much, like you said, kind of like lighthearted, like fudge sci-fi, very like Star Wars, as opposed to like, really like, here's some science, you yeah. know, like, yeah, I gotcha. Stuff that exists more on the fi, unless on the sci is yes. more popular. Yes, and this exactly. Is, this is more on the sci, unless on the fi. Exactly. I gotcha. I gotcha. That's exactly where That's I'm cool. leaning toward. Um, another new book that hit shelves this week is called Faithless. Now, fair warning, this is an erotic piece. Oh. Um, but it's real cool. Like, not much happens in this initial, there's a lot of setup. So it's written by Brian Azzarello, and the art is done by Maria Lovett, who, I'm gonna say this, I'm glad she's doing the art, because I love it. (laughs) So I recall her from this, like book nobody picked up called there's nothing there from 2017 i think um it was a black mask book uh so small publisher small published book it was all about this like uh i forget who wrote that patrick kindlin wrote it um it was all about this celebrity girl who was always in the limelight and there was some like supernatural force essentially that was trying to erase her from existence and so she had to stay in the limelight and stay in people's attention or it could get to her and it was really dope like it was such a cool book and the art is this like really like colorful simultaneously like colorful and bleak art is a good way of putting it it like uses you know she utilizes a lot of pastels it's very watercolor feeling the characters are very kind of abstract human type characters, you know okay. what I mean? Like, like I wouldn't necessarily like, I, I, I'm not trying to be insulting. I wouldn't necessarily describe her art as pretty or photo real. Um, it has a weird sexiness and like femininity to it, but it's, it's very like edgy and kind of grimy, but it uses like mainly these pastels and bright colors and a lot of like watercolor technique and it's it's really dope cool it's cool art um anyway this one it's a lot of setup they introduce you know hints towards like magic and stuff and the last page is just this bombshell page and i love that i love that when a first issue just leaves you like um excuse me (laughs) (laughs) what just happened pardon but what the uh and you know like it just comes out of nowhere and you're like hey whoa can we get more and you go into the next issue wanting so it it is an erotic thing you know what i mean there's sex and there's nudity um but it's very good it's definitely worth picking up there's an erotic cover that is like super erotic i was expecting like <laughs> as I said, i'm used to the like sex criminals covers which are like cartoony and weird yeah. So it'll be like someone's dick looks like a Goomba, you know? <laughs> and like, I was like, oh, erotic cover, whatever. I'll get this one. And then I opened it and I was like, oh my. <laughs> it's by Tula Lote did the erotic cover. So it's beautiful in well, terms of. Lush. Yeah. In, in terms of erotic covers. Um, but it was good. Faithless from Boom. Nice. Um, I want to briefly chime in with a war of the realms update because this week was journey into mystery number one Mm -hmm. um i went into this comic entirely unprepared yeah um here i am expecting another serious you know sidebar in the war of realms and 
boom, we've got a super team of balder collecting misfits. Yeah. And yeah. and a total comedy book. It's like yeah, it's Balder and the Breakfast Club. It go, is like travel it across is. It's the nation. So great. Yeah. And but here, I'm not gonna talk a lot about it because I don't think I need to because it's a War of Realms accompaniment, so there's gonna be a ton of those. But this one has Thori in it. So this should be the one you pick up. <laughs> there you go. And if you're yeah. not sure who that is, it's the Hell Beast that Thor lovingly I don't want to say owns because ain't nobody owned Thori. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Allows to accompany him. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I was super stoked for this one because it's written by the McElroys, which if you don't know who they are, they have a couple of podcast options for you. I think they have a lot of stuff. Um, you know, you can find them all over the place, but they're a family, mainly the brother tribe, but the dad and I think uh, sisters get involved at some point, but uh, they are most known for two podcasts, My Brother, My Brother, and Me, which is a comedy podcast where they just kind of discuss and are hilarious. Nice. And Adventure Zone, where they play D&D. And I have listened to Adventure Zone. It's so funny. It's they're, so They're good. such funny people. And so when I saw, I was flipping through a different Marvel book, and they have the ads in there because Marvel likes to make sure that they're hitting you as much as you can. You know what I mean? You're... <laughs> You'll just be flipping through your book and it's just like, and you're like, ah, God, like four page fold out, like treasure map style of here's all the shit we're going to throw at you in June. <laughs> and, uh, and now you can't find your wallet because Marvel ate it. Anyway, through my swollen and puffy black eyes as Marvel's <laughs> advertisement, just like Mick foley the shit out of me. I, um, just like running my face across a like card table coated in shards of glass <laughs> and i was like oh shit the McElroys." <laughs> <laughs> and so i've been stoked for this one i'm glad it's one of like the first tie-ins to come out it was really oh, funny and it was, it was cool good. seeing them do comics but managed to keep their tone and there was like a little like there's like one meta joke in there that's really funny like someone's like people love brother teams and it's really funny and uh it was good it was very good. It was good. I was, and if you haven't checked them out, check out their podcast and then tell them that I plugged their podcast because maybe they'll plug our podcast. That'd be cool. <laughs> Come on, guys. I'd we, be happy if they you. just listened to our podcast. Yeah, just just send them this in a tweet. <laughs> Please. Please. While we're on the uh, Marvel train, uh, Symbiote Spider-Man came out this week. Yay. Uh, I was I was talking to somebody today, and it's really tough to be a Spider-Man fan, first of all. Yeah. Because there are so many Spider-Man books on the shelf today. Yeah. I was talking to this guy who Spider-Man's like his favorite, and so he's like, I want to collect every Spider-Man book because I don't want to miss. I've got, like, severe FOMO, and I don't want to miss. I don't want to miss out on what turns out to be, like, the critically acclaimed Spider-Man run. And, but when you think about it, you got Amazing yep. right now, which is going through this hunted thing, so there's an amazing every week right now. Because oh there will be like God. 19, 19 point HU, 20, 20 oh. point HU. So you've got you've got amazing, you have Friendly Neighborhood, you have City at War, you have uh, Life Story, uh, you have, if you're into the offshoots, you got Ghost Spider and you got Miles Morales, uh, you have Spider-Man Deadpool, you have Symbiote Spider-Man now. Peter Parker Spectacular. Peter Parker Spectacular, which is done for now, but could come back at any point in time. Spider-Man is currently in the Marvel Tales title with Miss Marvel. You know what I mean? So, like, Spider-Man is freaking everywhere right now. Oh and um, you got Superior Spider-Man going on, too, again, if you want to also read the, like, offshoots. Offshoots. But anyway, so there's a new one. This one is not a pre it's like a flashback i guess so it is him it's spider-man shortly after like pretty much right after getting his black suit and it's a story about him doing that now if you were a fan of 90 spider-man um this could be a really cool book because it delves a little bit like it looks like it's going to delve a little bit more into his relationship with felicia Ooh. um which is neat because Speaking admittedly admittedly that was there but the 90s there was so much going on 
And a lot of the 90s, especially at that time, was very action-oriented. Yeah. So they didn't have a lot of time, unless it was the X-Men, to stop and, <laughs> like, canoodle. <laughs> and, like, let's talk about canoodling. Yeah. Like, really, like, the only time romance really fell into play was when you could use it as an excuse to have some, like, sexy scenes so that you could drum up the sex in your books. Oh, yeah, so Rogue. And, yeah. And, um, <laughs> Rogue and Madeline Pryor and Jean Grey in general and, you know, all that nonsense, but, um... <sighs> X-Men. X-Men, man. It's the soap opera of comics. Uh, so, yeah, they... It looks like they're gonna dive into that a little bit more... It features Mysterio, who's, like, the hot dude right now. Huh. And I don't know when that happened. I don't know if it's just because of the movie, but, like, he's the main focus in Dead Man Logan. He's the main focus in this. He is gonna be in a freaking movie. So, you know? he has taken over the mantle that Arcade had for a long freaking yeah, time. Yeah, where he was, like, there the was bad like, guy and everything. Yes, there yeah. was, like, a year to two years where literally every offshoot comic i read arcade was the freaking bad guy i was like yeah. guys what is this ultimate alliance i can't deal with this much arcade he's annoying <laughs> yeah right <laughs> like sidebar what is that? the arcade level in ultimate alliance sucks balls it's anyway, so horrible it's it's so like <laughs> god derailed <laughs> every time we can't stay on topic at all we're so bad at it Squirrel. anyway so let's talk <laughs> so let's talk marvel ultimate alliance so you get in and you've leveled up a bit at this point if you like the first level or whatever if you went through and like really were diligent you've leveled up a good bit yeah and yeah. then you get in there and you get like one shot killed by blades and one shot killed by hammers and like everything's got freaking gas that it's throwing at you yep and you're just dying all, all over the, the place. time. Just dying, dying, dying. All the time. Willy-nilly all over the place. Your team's just, like, falling apart. Because that level is garbage. Freaking clowns are garbage. The little droids that do their, like, spin kick move, freaking garbage. And the boss glitches all the time. <laughs> also, can we talk about... Can we also talk and I love, about... I love Ultimate Alliance. It's one of my favorite games. I love it. I love Ultimate that Alliance. Level... love Ultimate Alliance, too. I'm probably going to buy a freaking Switch when the next Ultimate Alliance that comes out. That is true. Out. That is and So I love it. But that level is so hard, and that music is so grinding and terrible. It's and there's the freaking pitfall. Oh my god, there's the, the pitfall. pitfall one where the jumps don't work. So you like jump into the pits, and you're like, I swear I was over that pit. And then you're just dying. You're just dying because no one can work the fucking <laughs> crocodiles in pitfall. And it's, oh, why did you do this to me, T? Now, Why'd you bring also, it up? Can uh, we also talk about how that level is also horribly timed? Because... As you are wont to do with a game like this, you're playing your couch co-op, you got all your friends over, you start from yeah. the beginning, and this is the level that happens about five to six hours in, when everybody's starting to get a little tired, Yeah, because your like, hands aren't working as good, is your it, button mashing isn't quite so yeah. mashy, nobody knows whether it's appropriate time to get an energy drink. Is it like the second or is it the drink. third level? It's like the third one. Because it's... Because Atlantis is the second one, right? Yes. The so first is, like, like when you're at La Laveria, and then the second one's Atlantis, and then you get to third, and it's Arcade, and, like, it's, like, the hardest level in the game, and it's also the worst time, and so everybody's trying to decide whether they want to go home, but, like, you'd rather go home after you finish the level, and the level kind of sneaks up on you, but then it's so hard, but then everyone's tired, and then everyone gets mad at each other, <laughs> and eventually someone falls asleep with a controller in their hand, and there's nothing you can do about it. Like that one time I had to defeat Doctor Doom by myself because <laughs> everyone fell asleep or died. That was funny. Anyway. It was a long night. Back on track. So yeah, it's got Mysterio. Uh, symbiote Spider-Man. Mysterio is the main focus. Uh, it's kind of a cool look at him, so I like it. I like what they've done to Mysterio lately. They've really made him like have a lot more personality than I think he's had in the past. Well, that's um, nice. And, you know, it's obviously going to focus a good bit on Spider-Man being kind of a hard-ass. And it sounds like Mysterio's going to figure out what the black suit is. Because this is before we know it's a symbiote. So, like, nobody knows that at this point. Like, there's even a scene in this where Spider-Man, like, puts his clothes on. And Felicia makes, like, a porno girl face because the art is done by Greg Land. And... Oh, yeah, ew. that's... Yeah. Uh... There's, like, a first bit 
that's done by somebody else. And I remember being like, man, Greg Land has really upped his game because this is pretty good. And then it gets to like the Greg Land bits. And there's literally just like a one frame Felicia reacting to something with like a full on like insert wiener here face. And I was like, wow. <laughs> you know, I was leaning towards picking this up because I love me some black cat, but that that hurts my soul. Well, the nice part about it is, is that it's Spider-Man and Mysterio. So when they're doing their thing at the very least, you can't tell that their faces look like everyone else. So, it's nice. It's nice that they didn't pick people who don't wear masks. Um, Shots fired. Uh, But, you know, Greg Land crawled out of his hole and they had to give him some work. They had to pay him. But it's, like I said, if you're into the 90s stuff and you want to kind of develop on that a little bit more, it might be worth picking up. So, I'm going to switch gears just just a smidge. This is my last one for this week. Wonder Twins has swiftly become probably one of the favorite books that I'm reading. Nice. Okay. It is one of the best written, most well-developed, most intricate storytelling that is both smart and funny and ripe with social commentary. And I am just so damn impressed that I have to talk about it. So, like, it's being written by Mark Russell, who has had some real glory recently with Snagglepuss. He did the Flintstones run. Heavens to Murgatroyd. He... <laughs> that, that, that surprised me. <laughs> you Exit should... stage left. How are you so good at that? <laughs> I don't know. I, fun story. I did that one once randomly when someone mentioned Snagglepuss to me. Like, I just did it. And they were like, what? <laughs> legitimately caught off guard that was (laughs) damn okay but anyway so he did that in flintstones and he's you know he's got some mad cred under his belt but i hadn't really read either of those runs but now i'm reading wonder twins and not only are the twins being really well developed very like doing a good job speaking to where they come from speaking to their trials on earth Mm-hmm. Trying to adapt while out without being too, you know, high school drama y. Mm-hmm. Also, developing this bizarre villain group that you kind of root for because they're so ridiculously moronic. And then <laughs> this episode introduced. Issue. Issue. I, <laughs> I do that. I call them episodes because I have a very vivid imagination. Um, it's but, like they're performing for I me. I see it in It's My Head movies. In my um, <laughs> but in this issue, they introduced a new character, which is a Gleek, which is the monkey. And the whole book displays it on like sidebar the abuse and mistreatment that this poor monkey faced as a circus monkey, and all of the like horrible things he had to deal with. And then he ends up the hero of the freaking book. And, like, there's literally one scene where she makes a comment about how, well, good luck sleeping with the monkey when he has his night terrors. And he's like, what's a monkey going to have night terrors about? He's a circus monkey. I'm sure he's happy. And literally there's a panel of him asleep snuggling this monkey and this monkey just having this single solitary tear Uh coming down his face because of the torture he faced. But now he has a home and he has love and the like story's really compelling. And I don't understand how they can literally develop like four storylines all with conflicting people and conflicting like sides, but you care about literally everybody. Hmm. Damn, Mark Russell, you killing it. <laughs> and I'm only Damn. on issue three. Like, I'm, yeah, I don't okay. know. I'm I was just... going to say, um, that sounds a lot like the Flintstones comic. And he wrote that. So Wait, that made sense. Yep, that's um, what I said. Yeah, yeah, because... It's awesome. Yeah, there were a lot of issues that were like that, where the Flintstones comic was hilarious. I loved it. It was one of my favorites. I didn't read uh, Exit Stage Left, the Snagglepuss thing. 
I read um, the first issue of that, but didn't have a chance to pick up. Yeah, the rest. I, I didn't. I didn't read that one, but I read the Flintstones. It was great. I was super sad when it ended. My favorite thing about it was just how much was happening. They yes! did a really good job. Him and the artist uh, Steve Pug, uh, they just did a good job. Like there was a lot of stuff in the background. Like there were signs in the background that had hilarious jokes on them. It was generally funny. People's reactions to things were funny. But then there would it would be like a panel of somebody having like a really funny like obvious parody of like organized religion and then the next panel would be something that's just like really painfully true about the world yes and like yes, not so happening not funny in any way and then it goes back to being hilarious and then like somebody hits somebody with a bone or some shit yeah, well, <laughs> you know what like i mean the last issue in issue two it's all about this like crime syndicate which is like the I, i'm gonna get this wrong but it's like the circle of annoyance or whatever mm-hmm. and one of the members is basically like a Dracula ripoff, but he's previously, he's a recovering alcoholic. Yeah, I was going to say, isn't his name Druncula? Yes, yeah. but he doesn't go by that anymore because he's essentially an AA and he doesn't drink human blood anymore because he doesn't want to get drunk from al- people who have consumed alcohol. Well, the whole book ends up being a commentary on the the justice system and and prisons and prison culture Mm. and at the end they like capture druncula who wasn't even actually like really attacking or wanted to attack anybody they throw him in jail but they didn't have anywhere to put him so where did they put him the drunk tank oh no and he kills a bunch of hockey players (laughs) ruins his life but it's and it's super like funny and sardonic but it's so like you, you feel so bad for this guy. Like, this whole book, he's just fighting to not have to drink people anymore. Mm-hmm. But he's also part of a crime, like, evil group. It's it's just, it's so well written and, and like, coy. Yeah. It's just a great way to put it. So, pick up Wonder Twins. It's, it's a little weird at the get-go, but it's good. Cool. And now, your Cover B News, with your hosts, Chris and T. It be the news. News. This week, in the news. Um, (laughs) (laughs) we already did that, moron. I know. Uh... I got some cool release news. Yes. Um, not a lot of details, though. There is a... So there's a preview page available. I think if you just Google it, maybe we can find a link to it, too, and share it on our Facebook. But, yeah, totes. Uh, White Knight sequel is coming. Yes! So the second part of White Knight, which, if you don't know what White Knight is, shame on you. White Knight was... <laughs> <laughs> We've talked about it enough. You should know. How dare you? Um... <laughs> White Knight was an extraordinary book created by Sean Murphy. Uh, It's one of the first ones technically to be considered a black label thing, I think. I think technically you could... It's either that or Batman. I don't know how they're considering it, but it's under the black label frame of DC books now. Um, Really good. Done by Sean Murphy. It's about the Joker basically unjokering. And getting meds, going clean. Then his relationship with Batman and what goes on there. It introduces a ton of cool concepts in the Batman mythos. A really just on edge Batman, which is awesome. And it's just really good. It was very, very good. If you haven't read the first, uh, what was it, an eight issue story arc, get it. It's in trade paperback and read it. But the second one is coming July 24th, officially. Woo! Um, I am so down so for that. So this summer, uh, we get White Knight Part 2. In addition to that news, we got some cool news, I think today, actually. Um, Disney has announced that they are going to have a Kate Bishop Hawkeye show on <gasps> Disney+. Plus. Um, now, when I say Kate Bishop Hawkeye, I mean as in like Hawkeye and Hawkeye. Oh my god. Jeremy Renner is in it. Shut up. He's going to be starring in it, and it's going to be about him training his successor. Oh my god. So we're going to eventually get 
a Kate Bishop officially cast in the Marvel Universe, and she's gonna. And if I, my hunch with this is so a this kind of breaks a big portion of my theories for Endgame. <laughs> <laughs> so one of my main theories is officially blown out of the water. But what I think Disney might be trying to do with this is because Kate Bishop in the comics is freaking everywhere she is she's all over the place she's she's on like every freaking team she like pops up all over the place helps out all over the place and hawkeye's always been that kind of way too where he's just everywhere he's all over the place they busy the arrow people are just all the frick (laughs) over the place and if i had to guess what disney might be trying to do with this series is make kate bishop kind of the start of a separate tv type universe they want to make their own because like they they have the netflix universe right which we assume we don't know but we assume is eventually going to make its way over to hulu where they're going to put all their like this is the adult stuff and then they have their animated stuff that's going to that is going to be on and then they have shield and then they have shield but they don't really they have a bunch of shows coming to disney plus but they don't really have anything hitting disney plus that's kind of its own unified thing it's all just things that play back into the movies right and what would be cool to do is to have a series where you know just call it hawkeye hawkeye doesn't have to be called like hawkeye and girl or anything like that you know what i mean hawkeyes hawkeyes doesn't have to be called anything like that just call it hawkeye because you have one season of him training her and then the next season it's just her so a you don't have to afford jeremy renner for multiple seasons I mean, I, I don't imagine. He seems to love that role, so I don't know how expensive it would be. But, um, and I love him in that role. Yeah, you have him. You just like looking at him. Um, What's up, Mohawk? With his cool Mohawk. I love it so much. <laughs> Anywho, you uh, have him trainer, and then you could start building like a TV universe with like younger characters, which Disney Plus is going to be all about like these younger characters, and have her be kind of the head of that. You Yo, I mean? give me some West Coast Adventures. Yeah, so you could start working in some, like, Gwynpool. You could start working in some Squirrel Girl. You could start working in some Moon Girl. You know what I mean? Like, you could start doing... America Chavez. You know, the Marvel Rising group. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, you could start working in these, like, kids. Even some of the younger Inhumans. Like, in uh, Secret Warriors, Inferno was great. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, and definitely. there's a bunch of, like, younger Inhumans. I don't know their names as well, because I didn't keep up with the Inhuman stuff, to be honest, but... Well, and Quentin Quire's fun. Yeah. And technically, they own X-Men now, yeah. so they can use him. So you can start working in some of those characters and build kind of, like, a Disney Plus U. A DPU. Uh, uh, we'll come up with something else. Yeah, we'll figure it out. Anyway, um, I think that would be cool, or if they want to work her into the movies. I'm just happy to see Kate Bishop. I love Kate Bishop. I love that everyone just kind of recognizes that she's the better Hawkeye. Um, it's good stuff. I, I'm, I'm pumped for that. So, so some other cool news. Um, Endgame officially does not have an intermission. Sweet. So good. I won't be having any fluids for 48 hours prior to. The I movie. really wish. I wish they did though, and I wish it was like the cheesy Monty Python intermission. It would be. It, I I'm a little mad. Where it like. It gets to something really serious, and then it's just like the wind up of like a record, and it's like, <laughs> and it's just like flashing rainbow intermission with like gritty film. You know what I mean? That'd or be just so great. Deadpool riding on a unicorn, like, yeah, just, like, like one of those, one of those like playground unicorns on the spring. Yeah, you know, he's just like, like how supposed to get through an over three hour movie without peeing and they have said the director came out and said they were like yo there's not really a good time to go pee like they've even said that they have made this movie in such a way that there's not gonna be a point that is pee acceptable yeah i legitimately i'm gonna see it on friday i work until six right i get to work at noon i'm going to eat and drink like eat my lunch at like three which is my normal lunch time and I'm going to stop drinking water at four. <laughs> so I'm going to have a three hour period before my movie to just drain everything in my body. This is what I do. 
before I take a big road trip, like, uh, my mom lives a couple states away, so when I'm going to take a big trip to go and see her, mm-hmm. I just stop drinking fluids at a certain point the night yeah. before. That way I don't have to stop on the way there except for gas. I, yeah. I refuse to take pee breaks when I'm by myself driving a long trip. What's going to be funny is that you and I are going to eat before this. We're going to pass out. We're going to have to record our <laughs> episode about that movie. <laughs> After we go see it. So we're going to go see it at 7. After trailers and shit, we're not going to get out of there until like 11. And so we're going to probably like stop and get Taco Bell on the way home and record while we're eating Taco Bell. <laughs> and and let's also talk about how I will have no fluids going in and then I'm going to cry any remaining saturation in my body out. So I'm literally going to be a husk of a human recording. Side note, that should totally be like our thing for the, for the movies things it should be like movies and tacos <laughs> i with, love that cover b and you just get to listen to us talk about the movie while we like loudly eat tacos <laughs> no shame i i'm serious this that's hilarious i'm loving anyway, it um, anyway so yeah that's cool uh one real quick thing uh because you mentioned the x-men stuff earlier so marvel has officially announced that after Endgame, they have a five-year plan that five-year plan does not include the X-Men in any way. So I'm sorry, X-Men fans. I'm sorry, you people who are like... Well, we'll get to you in a second. I'm sorry, X-Men fans. <laughs> um, because, you know, it sucks that, you know, you're not going to have Wolverine and stuff popping up. Now, one thing to remember is that just because the team, the X-Men, isn't going to be involved in that five-year plan doesn't mean some of the X-Men stuff or villains or side characters couldn't pop up so you may get like little doses of mutants and it may just be them trying to like set up the mutant thing um now to you people who were just adamant (laughs) that the fox merger was because of the x-men told you (laughs) just saying you don't have i told you (laughs) suck it (laughs) because i was right and you were wrong and i'm gonna sing the i was right song so get bent (laughs) (laughs) just putting that out there now i'm just gonna say this once you don't have to you don't have to apologize or say you know sorry to the x-men fans you need to apologize to channing tatum who's been holding on to gambit for this long poor channy taters i really want him to play gambit i really want him to do i was so i'm I'm still pumped i'm like the only person i've ever talked to who is like adamantly excited about the? Channing I think it would have been awesome. I think it would have been great. I think they're it'd apparently great. they're still evaluating it. Yeah, it's not entirely. No, it's off the yeah, table. it's just in limbo. It's in this like horrid, terrible limbo. It may exist now and, that it got moved yeah. over. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. So other interesting news: um, Batman has been announced at WonderCon is going mm. to be the first Comic Con Hall of Fame inductee. Okay. Happy yeah. birthday, Batman. There you go, Batman. Good for you. And then last news. Golf clap news, for Batman. Yeah. Golf clap. Good for you, Bats. Good job, Batman. And then last but not least, or maybe least. Least. I got I'm some feeling, bad. I got I'm th- feeling a least. I got some Your bad Your face news. is giving me least. Yeah, I got some real bad news. I'm getting a bad least infection. Hellboy. Yeah. Uh, that was gross. <laughs> I didn't catch it, and then I caught it. You gotta be careful catching those least infections. <laughs> gotta clean up. Ew. Anyway, it's a, what about Hellboy? It's on a nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, this movie's gonna be garbage. It, I I there have been I reviews. want to have high hopes. Apparently, the acting's great. Yeah. yeah. And that's about it. They, literally, one of the reviews calls it one of the worst comic book movies of all time. Spider-Man 3 exists. <laughs> and they're calling this one of the worst comic book Sp- movies of all time. Catwoman with Halle Berry exists. Yeah, yeah. And they're calling this one of the worst comic book movies of all time. Y'all, my heart hurts. They said that it's closer. Oh, God. I'll have to come up with the exact quote. I'll share it if I can find it. But they said essentially un- something along the lines of, it's closer to the Spider-Man 3 type movies than it is to anything 
Mm. Mignola or Guillermo del Toro. Mm. Ew. Like, it's apparently real bad. Oh, God. Like, real bad. Like, and it keeps dropping. Earlier today, it was at 11%. It's down to 9 Guys, it's falling. Uh, That's so gross. And this is not because it's being attacked for any type of female-related controversy. It's just bad. Yeah. So... Maybe it's all the demons are review-bombing it. Because they're like, misrepresentation of demons. (laughs) Should have hired a demon actor. (laughs) Way to whitewash. (laughs) Well, apparently... One of Way the to primary... flesh wash our species. Apparently one of the primary uh, plot points of the movie is, Ew, girls are icky. Yeah. So, well, I don't know. Well, and you know, the producers wanted to cast a demon, but Jared Kushner was busy. Oh! <laughs> so... <laughs> He's got a lot on his plate. He doesn't have time to play, old boy. A burn. <laughs> They wouldn't even have to, like, do prosthetics for the growths coming out of his head. Oh, so, you know, he just roll right in. You paint him up a little bit and it's, like, good to go. Smooth. You know what I mean? Well, and he's a clean And, like, I'm sure there's probably white. scenes where, like, Hellboy walks down the street and people are disgusted by him. So that would just, they could just film that. Just so, get a GoPro and follow just, behind it's him. It's just you know done. I mean? yeah, it's yeah. in the can, guys. Yeah, it's good. And like I said... It, clean canvas he's so white i'm sure hashtag, go right on hashtag jared kushner for hellboy um so we will go and see this apparent abomination yeah we'll let you know and we'll let you know we'll have a movies and tacos we'll have a movies and tacos all about what the hell they did to hellboy i'm loving this premise <laughs> seriously we, we gotta figure this out anyway that's it for the news Welcome, book lovers and bibliophiles. Join us now for a journey through the secret short box. Welcome back to the secret short box. Secret hideaway short boxes. This week, our secret short box is James Patterson. James Patterson. Now, I will be the first to admit that I haven't read a ton by James Patterson, but he is... One of the best-selling authors of all time. Mm-hmm. And what I do know is that the man has done a lot, a lot of mysteries. See, I know a bunch about James Patterson. James Brendan Patterson, born March 22nd, 1947, is an American author and philosopher. That's a Wikipedia page, no, this you is, cheater! This is all from my brain. Liar. Among his works There's are the lies. Alex Cross, Michael Bennett, Women's Murder so Club. Lying. Maximum Ride, Daniel him. X, Believe NYPD me. Red, Witch and Wizard, and Private Ugh. Series, as well as many oh, standalone. Oh, shut up! <laughs> You're the worst. I'm giving them background. They on don't need background. They can Wikipedia my, too. On my homeboy, Ugh. JBP, as he lets me call him. No, he doesn't. Because yeah. No, he doesn't. You're yeah. a liar. No, he doesn't. Anyway, um, my picks for so just to recap. Secret Short Box is where we talk about comics that if a certain author were secretly a comic book fan and they had a Secret Short Box hidden away somewhere in their writing studio, what sort of comics would be in there because they're of similar themes. Um, It's a way of us making a creative, if you like this person, buy this thing. (laughs) We want all y'all who are diehard readers... But maybe a little scurred to dive into the thin pages. Yeah. We want to help give you an opening. The thin pages. Uh, so my picks for for JBP um, he are... He lets me call him that. Sometimes Jimmy Pats. When we go to ball games, that's what he likes me to call him. You don't go to I, ball games when I meet all his James friends. Yeah. No, you don't. Yeah. Yeah, we go to Astros games all the time. You don't live in Texas. Uh, he flies me out. Yeah. It's, you know, I know you're jealous, but it's fine. Uh, I don't even think he lives. In <laughs> 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 I don't even think he, he flies lives you Texas. both. Yeah, yeah, he, fly, both yeah he, flies, fly he flies in, meets me, gives me a bundle of roses, and then we fly out to the Astros. <laughs> 
it's nothing weird about that. I don't know why you don't understand. Anyway, the thing about him is that he's got, like we said, he's done a ton of stuff. The cool thing about him is that he's done, like, very different things. Yes. So he's, you know, a lot of his books fall into kind of the noir mystery side. Yes. A little bit neo-noir kind of stuff. Um, very crime, action-based. Um, so that's your, you know, like, Along Came of Spiders and stuff like that. His, you know, Women's Murder Club series, his Michael Bennett books, his Alex Cross books. Those would fall into that segment. He also has a middle school series and an iFunny series, um, which are realistic fiction targeted at young adults. Hmm. Very different. Very And different. he's done, a, you know, some standalone books that are more romance-based, more comedy-based. So I wanted to really hit on both of his main two things, which are the young adult realistic fiction and the mystery side. Yes. So on the mystery side, obviously, I don't know if you've heard me mention this writer, uh, Ed Brubaker. Um, no, we've never heard yeah, you I've talk about Yeah, I've never mentioned it on a stream ever. Uh, notably, I'm going to pick Fade Out, um, which okay. is one of the first Brubakers I read, but it's got a lot more, you know, Brubaker's done Criminal, he's done Fatal, he's done uh, Velvet, uh, plenty of other things. Uh, and But for me, Fade Out, I think, fits a Patterson fan a little bit more because it's a really direct murder mystery. Um, it doesn't really have as much, like, cop involvement and stuff, and it's very set in this, like, 1950s Hollywood. But I think the tone is just more akin to what a Patterson fan might like. Um, on the more, you know, mainstream DC Marvel side, Batman Long Halloween stands out to me. Okay. Um, it's literally Batman and Gordon and Harvey Dent trying to track down a serial killer, the Holiday Killer, I believe is who it is. Um, and it's just that, like, straightforward kind of, like, cops and robbers murder mystery. Um... And it's just a classic. It's Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale. They've done a lot of stuff together, which oh, yeah. are all pretty much like instant classics. Uh, but yeah, it's a killer named Holiday who murders people on holidays one each month. Hmm. And it's, you know, got the law elements and kind of procedural elements that go yeah. into having James Gordon and Harvey Dent there. This is pre-Two-Face Harvey Dent. Oh, okay. Um, and it's just good. It's a good mystery. Um, it's very dark and Batman-y. So it still has its Batman-y moments, but it's very much like rep, like rooted in that more like procedural mystery style. Nice. On the flip side, recent book by Scotty Young called Bully Wars really fits the like realistic fiction young adult type thing. I love Scotty Young. Um, that book I believe is about. I haven't personally read it, but uh, is about a uh, middle school that ha hold. It might be high school. Um, some sort of teen group that holds kind of like an Olympics to decide who's going to be the top bully. Huh. And so it's funny, and, like, this bully has to enlist the help of these nerds to make him better than this dude who's, like, bigger than him and stronger than him and faster. But he's these nerds are the same people that he, like, beat up in middle school. And now that he's in high school, it's like, oh, shit, it's a new playing ground. Huh. And he's got to, like, go through these, like, hoops to do it. I would also say Marvel has a lot of stuff that really fits. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of realistic fiction focused on teenagers who deal with teenage things. I mean, Marvel, one of their biggest characters, Spider-Man, that's what he was founded on. Yep. On being a teen, having that's to how he's struggle with teen drama and teen, you know, teen uh, awkwardness, but also being a superhero. Uh, but what stands out most to me is probably either Kamala Khan's Miss Marvel, oh, yep. which has a lot of that in it, Yep. or uh, probably more particularly The Runaways. The Runaways is a great read. In the early Runaways, back when it was Brian K. Vaughn writing it, very young group, teenage-based group, dealing with a lot of teenage angst and teenage awkwardness. I think the newer run of Runaways, they were a bit older. Some of them were. Came back into it and they some were of them were. There's still some super young kids, and mm. then there's somebody that got brought back from the past, so she hadn't aged at all. There you go. Yeah. So yeah. it and that actually creates its own conflict because you now you've got like older kids trying to help manage the younger kids. Yeah. And it and it creates its own drama. So in my opinion, if you are a fan of James Patterson's mystery stuff, 
Brubaker is great, uh, specifically the fade out in this case, and Batman Long Halloween. If you're a fan of his middle school series and the iFunny stuff, uh, Bully Wars or Runaways. Nice. So I'm going to give three options. One that is old and you've never heard of it. One that's brand spanking new. And one that I'm about to go pick up myself because I think it sounds great. Nice. So the old one that you've never heard of is a book called Echoes by Joshua Hill Fiakov. Huh, never heard it of that. It is, right? <laughs> it is one of the most fascinating books I've ever read. It's it's one trade. Um, it was a set issue. I think it was probably like six, seven issues long. Not very long. It's black and white exclusively. Nice. And it's about a man who is schizophrenic. And as on his father's dying breath, reveals that his father was a serial killer. Ooh, fancy. And the story that ensues is filled with mystery and intrigue and drama, and the last issue is one of the most stunning, startling, disturbing, brilliant twists I've ever read in my whole entire life. So, it's a book you've never heard of, and it probably will be kind of hard to find, but it, I think you might be able to find it online pretty nice. easily. Nice. sounds so intriguing. Definitely pick up Echoes. Um, my next book, the one that just came out, actually literally came out this week, it's called Fair Lady. Um, it is an image book, and literally every issue is being set up to be individual mysteries. Nice. Um, and the book author describes it as female magnum pi right after the war of the ring <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah and he's not lying the first issue was great there's mystery there's a lot of depth to it um there's a lot of dynamicism to it um lots of different types of ways to build the narrative different types of segmenting and using the actual illustrations to make points and and build depth and and it's very good it's just cool so i'm excited to see where that goes and then my last one is like i said it's a book i'm going to be picking up for myself um and you should pick it up too and we'll read it together team <gasps> yay it's called we'll call you and we'll ask about your feelings <laughs> there you go it's called black sad and i'm just going to give you a quick summary anthropomorphic creatures animals said in the 50s with a cat who's a detective <laughs> a black cat who's a detective mm -hmm. dealing with communism and noir based mystery righteous it was originally written by spanish author and cartoonist for a French audience and wasn't translated into English until it's third print. Hmm. But it looks awesome. <laughs> I Sounds mean, cool. yeah. cats in the fifties and communism and stuff like, yeah, I am in. So let's read that one together, fam. Cause it go. sounds great. So there are our picks. If you're rummaging through James Patterson's private writing hovel, if you go to his, his thinking yurt, <laughs> and you're like whoa there's a short box here those are probably the books that we imagine you would find in there yeah. maybe maybe who knows james patterson knows i'll ask him next time we go to an asterisk oh yeah good do yeah. that thank you for joining us team if you want more cover b which we know you do you can follow us on facebook or on twitter mm -hmm. at cover b podcast you can follow us around while we're walking to places but like don't do that because that's so creepy you can stand outside our windows and tap oh god please don't do that i startle really easily that's true she does i'm a jumper yeah but i don't scream i like inhale really fast it's like, <gasps> yeah i do that thing i'm yeah. i'm obnoxious in horror movies it... no i was gonna say <laughs> careful with no, your words no. careful you're... with your words homie you're you're fine. It's fine. You can also follow us on Instagram, and you can 
subscribe to the podcast wherever it is that you subscribe to your podcasts and you can find all of those options on our website coverbepodcast.com so stay tuned for next week when we got another episode can you believe it another another one? one. Oh my god when another does it end one. it doesn't sweet baby jesus it doesn't so come on back for the next episode of cover me end of podcast party of two <laughs>